Father, this morning we thank You. It is Your breath in our lungs, Father. Today we praise You, we worship You, we magnify Your name above every name today, Father. And Father, there is no grave that's going to hold us down, Father. Father, we're not talking about when we pass away, Father. We're talking about there ain't no grave that's going to hold us back from accomplishing everything that you have asked us and told us and you mean for us to accomplish, Father. We're going to walk in your perfect will, Father. We're going to accomplish the things that you've set us here on this planet to accomplish. We're going to be everything that you've called us to be today, Father. Today, Father, we release your anointing in our lives. Father, so we'll be the people of God that you've called us to be. No longer timid. No longer set back, Father. But we are the redeemed of the Lord. And we are going to begin to say so, Father. And we're going to let people know that we are, Father. That we're serving a king that's above all kings. We're serving the Lord above all lords. And we love our Savior, Jesus Christ, Father. And we're declaring that today in this house. And Father, we're going to declare it throughout this land. That greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. Today, Father, we release Your anointing. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. You can be seated. I just love my Lord. I just thank all that He's doing for this local church and for this local body. He is doing some awesome things, and there is no grave going to hold you down. We, we've started a journey through the Word of God, and we've been talking about the favor. We've been talking about the glory, and we've been talking about the manifestation of God. Now, when we talk about the manifestation... Again, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. We want our Father to, it, to affect every aspect Amen. of our life. Even our mind thinking. Even what we're thinking. And throughout this series, we have been sharing with you that throughout the Word that God desires to do things for His people. Yes. We told you that He wants to do unnumberable things. Unlimited he wants to do marvelous things. Yes, yes. He wants to do things beyond your expectations in a really. He wants to show the world there's a God in heaven and He wants to use us to do that. Last week or a couple weeks ago, we talked a little bit about Job. And we told you that He's going to restore the years that's been destroyed. And we read those scriptures. Then we talked to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 30-31. through 31. We told you that if a thief be found, he's got to restore sevenfold. Out of his own house. Not taken from someone else's, but from his own house. Then we read 1 Kings. We talked about 1 Kings uh, chapter 17 and also 18. Where the man of God prayed. That it wouldn't rain and it stopped. We showed you even through those circumstances that God took care of his people. He took him to a brook. And the ravens fed when the brook dried up, he took him to a widow's house and took care of it. I'm here to tell you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it looks like, God always has a plan yes, he does. to take care of His people. We told you in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18 that Moses asked the Lord, said, show me your glory. And he said, I will. I'll make all my goodness pass by you. So he asked a question and God immediately came back with a response. Okay, I will do it. How many 
of you know today that God desires to come back, I'll do it. He wants to show you His glory. He wants to manifest it to you in a way that people will just be totally shocked. Then we told you to turn to James chapter 5. We read James chapter 5 to you. And it talks about the man of God praying that he was a man just like me. Just like you. He operated in the five senses. He could see. He could smell. He could taste. He could hear. And he could touch. But he still had enough faith in his God that when he prayed, God would move. And God did. He prayed that it would not rain. It did not rain. And he again prayed that it would rain. And it began to rain. You remember that? Yes. Now, growing up in eastern Kentucky, you would walk outside sometimes and they would be dew on the ground. No rain, but one way that God makes sure that the water is on the planet is through dew that comes on that will still keep things alive even during drought time. Also, there's times when you would drive down the road and we would have the old saying, it's so foggy you could cut it with a knife. And there would be no rain. It's just the atmosphere was just correct enough where fog would lift off the ground. That would also bring moisture to the area. But maybe sometimes that it would be raining, it would be a mist, sometimes even after a downpour. The temperatures would be just right and you would begin to see fall rise up off of the earth. Because that's where it drives. It don't come down from above. It comes from below up. The fall would rise to make sure that things were taken care of even in the midst of a drought. Even in the midst of things going on. I'm here to tell you no matter what you're going through, God always has a plan to protect and provide for His people. The word fog means a dense water vapor exhaled, get a hold of that, exhaled from the earth or from the rivers or lakes or generated in the atmosphere near the earth. The fog is not for the upper. The fog is for us. It's for us to be taken care of. Now, a lot of people, when they're preaching on the favor of God or the glory of God, they will use... Scripture about favor, but they would talk about fog, and that's okay. But I want to tell you that when God's moving, yes, sometimes spiritually you can see a fog kind of atmosphere in the place, but a lot of times the favor of God doesn't come that way. You'll see it come up on your life. But see, the favor of God first has to start with you. You've got to begin to exhale praises unto God, worship unto God, so God can begin to send the downpour of His favor and His glory upon you. See, God's waiting for us to exhale so He can send something for us to inhale. God wants to show up and show off to the people on this planet, but God wants to use you. But our problem, look at somebody say, before He said this, He said our problem. That means He's there with us. Our problem is we want to one not stand with God we don't want a relationship with God. That's good. We just want to quit something from God, but we don't want a long-term relationship with God. 
With what I'm talking about, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time relationship. It's not a one-night stand. It's a relationship that is built. It's a process. It's becoming intimate, getting to know each other. So number one is God can know that he can put this on you, that you'll use it for the glory of the kingdom, not for your own purpose and desires. That doesn't mean that you can't use what God blesses you to do things that you would like to do. God wants you to do that. That's all scripture. But also, he wants you to be a channel where God can bless others through you. Amen, preacher, Pastor Rodney. You're doing a good job. Thank you. I think I will. Where do I want to go? Luke chapter 18 and 1 says this. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Not to what? That means don't give up. How many of us is just give up? Lord, we're going to make heaven our home. Won't you be satisfied when we get back? That means you're giving up. I I don't want just to be satisfied when I get there. I want to make sure I'm satisfying the the king on this journey. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Don't go weary and well doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you don't lose heart. Other words, if you don't what? Don't give up. What I'm talking about, this favor, this glory, this manifestation, it's going to be a fight. This is a long-term thing. This is not something that you had again. Have a one-night relationship and think you're going to walk in the favor, the glory, and the manifestation. This is a relationship-building process. So don't give up. Don't pray it just one time and think it's going to show up. This comes to, again, relationship. Building time with the Father. Getting to know the Father. Proverbs 1 and 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise what? Wisdom Wisdom and instruction. I like what the message says. Uh, straight with God, the first, the first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their nose up at such wisdom and learning at God and His Word. I threw God and His Word in there because that's what it is. They just thumb their nose up. A fool is somebody that thumbs their nose up or their nose up and then they turn around and say, it don't work for me so it's not going to work for you. That's a fool. I'm not calling nobody a fool, but I'm using the word and to say there is fools. Mm-hmm. Here, he's telling you that if you thumb your nose or your nose up to God and you say it's not working, that means you didn't get what you wanted because you give up. Amen. And now you think it's not working for nobody else, but maybe they're not going to give up on the principles of God. Maybe they're not going to give up on the word of God. Maybe they're going to hold it to the fire until they receive it. Proverbs 10 and 14 says, Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The message says it this way, The wise accomplish knowledge and true treasures. Know it all, talks too much, and are sure a waste. I don't know about you, but I've been around some know-it-alls. And they're a waste of air to listen to. But how come we'll sit and listen to people preach the Word of God knowing it's a waste of our time? 
Knowing that we should not listen to it. I made a decision. Unless you're preaching faith and you're preaching the Word of God, I don't have time to listen to your nonsense. And the Bible here is telling me I just don't need to be around you because you're acting like a fool. You're saying it don't work for you. Now, I don't know everything, but I do know some things. There's some things that I don't know. There's some things that I don't understand. But that still doesn't take that what the Bible says is true. And I will anchor myself in what the Bible says above everybody else. So you can come and tell me it's not working for you. That's fine. Just keep saying that. I'm going to stand firm on the Word. I'm going to anchor in the Word. I'm not going to allow your foolishness to affect what I'm believing God to move in my life for. And that is for spirit, soul, and body. I'm not going to hang around people that tell me that God don't heal. I'm not going to hang around people that tell me that it's God's will for me not to be blessed. I'm not going to hang around people that tell me, hey, just get married. If it don't work, just divorce. I'm not going to hang around those kinds of people. It's a fight for everything you want in life. Amen. I love you, but through our marriage, we could have both just walked away like anybody else. I can't believe you're a pastor and you say that. (laughs) Why? 15 good years. 15 years. 15 good years. Listen, we got first got married. That was a struggle. That was a fight between two worlds. Mine and hers. Oh, yeah. Mine won. <laughs> but we had to work through issues. We had to deal with things. She had, listen, you can say you love somebody all you want to love them until you're married to them you don't know what love is. And it's something <laughs> that you have to work through. Oh yeah. My father-in-law used to ask this question. I finally could tell him truthfully. Yes. She kept on asking, do you love her more today than you did yesterday? I can also say, I do. And I have. But that's a process. That's a process. Don't tell me it don't look so holy. You know you've been in a car when you first got married and you all were going at it. <laughs> you wanted your way and she wanted her ways and you realized you weren't going to compromise and I'm here to tell you the reason you're married today is because you learned how to compromise. That's right. But I'm not going to hang around people that tell me there's no hope. The problem in the church, divorce is more rapid in the church than it is in the world. Now, we know there are issues, and we're not going down those. For divorce, we understand those things. And I'm not here condemning no one, but I am here to to tell you, you need to hang around people that can tell you that you can. And quit hanging around people telling you that you can't. I'm tired of hearing, I can't. You get me ticked off, go tell my boys they can't do something. Well, pastor, they're 26 and 24 years old almost. I still defend my boys. I still don't tell them they can because I've spent too, many time, too much time to tell them they can for you to tell me they can't. Come on. Amen. And I'm here to, and I love you. I'm going to defend you. You're my family now. Quit hanging around people that tell you that you can't. Amen. When God's saying, you can. You can. And there's more scriptures. There's, there's Proverbs chapter 14 and 7. Proverbs chapter 18 and 2. Proverbs 24 and verse 7. Talk about quit hanging around fools. Yes. Proverbs 
30 and 20 says, He who walks with the wise men will be wise. Yes. But the companion of a fool will be destruction. Yes. Companion of a fool will be destruction. The message says it this way. Because why, see, become wise by walking with wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Amen. I want to hang around wise people. Amen. That don't mean they know it all. But that means they will encourage. They will tell me to look at the Word. They will tell me to hold on what the Word says. In spite of how I feel, in spite of how it looks, hold on to the Word. Your Word is your anchor. Take the written Word and make it the spoken Word and begin to declare it over your life and see what God will do in your life. Foolish means... When someone acts without wisdom or sense. I've been around folk like that. Even Christian folk. Does not follow the warning and requirements of God. If I want to obtain things of God, there is some requirements. Just because I pray in the spirit of an don't mean I'm going to receive it. There's things that I have to do. Just like salvation. I had to believe. And then I had to confess. There was some requirements. Not just confession. But I had to what? Believe. The requirements. One who acts against the wisdom of God. Foolish. Taking the words generally apart from the wisdom of God. Other words, somebody that nitpicks. They'll take a piece of the word, connect it with another piece of the word, and try to make a religion out of it. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, context. <laughs> you have to keep it in context. Foolish. Now, we say and we talk about this, and we're kind of looking at each other, but it goes on. Yes, it does. It's even among us today. <laughs> they, they will tell you that was for back then, but it's not for today. Acts is something that happened back then to get the church started, but it's not for today. I don't find that in the Word. I find in the Word, and we're going to look some more in detail in a few moments, I find in the Word of God that that He's coming back after a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. He's coming back after a show-off church. Something that would demonstrate the power and the glory of God. That's who He's coming back. That's the reason I believe that God has me speaking or trying to get to the favor and the glory and the manifestation. Another word for foolishness or foolish. Saying no to God and His Word. Saying no to God and His Word. Nitpicking. Taking it apart from truly what it means. Not only that, again, it don't work no more. I love you, but if it don't work no more, we're on the way to hell then because all of it or none of it. Every bit of it or zip. So if I believe in salvation, I believe in the whole divine covenant that God has granted to me through the salvation process. I'm excited about that. The Bible says in Psalms 14 verse 1, 
Also in Psalms 53 and 1, the foolish has said in his heart, there is no God. They are all corrupt. I love you, but if you're saying this doesn't work and this works, you're foolish. And you're corrupt. You've allowed someone to speak into your life that you should have ran from. You should not have connected yourself to. Because that's not what the Word says. Turn your Bibles to Haggai. It's pronounced in different ways, but that's the way I pronounce it. Haggai. Haggai. Old Testament. Testament, Close to the end of the Old Testament. Haggai chapter 2. 2. Shout when you get to chapter 2. And then we're going to jump down and start at verse 6. And then I want to show you a couple things to show you that God is about ready to transfer some things and do some things in your life because of the divine favor that God has placed on your life. Are you there? Yes. Yep. Chapter 2, verse 6 says, For this saith the Lord of hosts, Once more, for is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill the temple with the glory, saith the Lord of hosts. There's a shaking. Do you see that? The message says, I will shake down all the godless nations. There will bring bushes of wealth and fill the temple with my splendor. A shaking. I'm going to shake some things. And some things are going to begin to happen. I'm here to tell you, sometimes there's a shaking going on. Look at somebody and say, it's good. Sometimes you need to be shook. Sometimes there's some things in you that needs to be shaken out of you. Here he says, there's going to be a time that I'm going to begin to shake some things. Shake means to move to and fro, up and down. To vibrate. A shaking going on. Look at verse 8. The silver is mine. The gold, saith the Lord of hosts, the glory of this Latin, his part. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, saith the Lord. There's a shaking. And then I'm going to begin to move because the new is going to be better than the old. The message says it this way. I like this. The temple is going to end up far better than it started. In the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Here it says the temple is going to end up far better than it started. Ooh, I love that. Out. It's glorious beginning, but a most glorious finish. A place where I will hand out wholeness. Glory. Hand out what? Wholeness and holiness. We don't like to talk about holiness too much. We'll get there eventually. But right here he says, I'm going to hand out wholeness. What's wholeness? Spirit. Body. Soul. It's coming a time that I'm going to begin to affect your whole 
life. Because now you're going from just knowing about me to where you want a relationship with me and you want to get to know me on an intimate basis so now I can affect your whole being. That's where God wants to get us. Where He's affecting everything around us. But He says, there's coming a time that the glory's going to show up. Is that what it says? The glory. The glory means heavy in every good thing. It means the splendor. It means the anointing. It means the power. It means the abundance. It means the wealth. It means the brightness like the moon. It means fame. It means honor. Oh, I love that. To elevate, to rank, to bring glory in high esteem. The time's coming that I'm going to shake some things. But then after the shaking, I'm going to begin to take you to another level. I'm here to challenge you, church. We're on for the ride of our life. Before Jesus comes back to say it's time to come with me. I believe that. What I'm talking about, I'm not just preaching it to preach something. I believe that the church is going to go to another level. Not every church. Some churches don't want it. Because what I'm talking about takes a price. The churches that's willing to pay a price, they're going to see the favor. They're going to see the glory. They're going to... Begin to see the manifestation. Why? Because you were created for such a time as this. You were created to see what He desires to pour out upon you today. You were created. Look at somebody and say, I was created for this. I'm going to throw this out very quickly. So I want you to see it. It's found in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 7 says this, the latter, the latter part. Well, I'll read the whole thing. But the generations of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and the glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. You were created to praise Him. You were created, you were created to see the glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. You were created for this. You and I were created to be here at this time. It's an exciting generation. To me, this is, this is one of the most exciting generations ever created. If we'll just gain revelation of it and begin to walk in it. And begin to say, Father, I receive that in Jesus' name. Turn your Bibles to Psalms 102. Psalms 102. Then I, I want to show you a couple other things here very quickly. We talked to you about the glory just then. Turn to Psalms 102 verse 13. Do what? Oh, she called it? Yep. Romans chapter, not Romans, Psalms 102 verse what? 13. 13. You will arise and have mercy on the church. For the time... To favor her. This is a set time. Yes. Nobody can change it. The devil himself cannot change this time. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. For your servants take pleasure in her stones. 
and show favor to her dust. Oh, glory be to God. Just your footsteps. There are going to be some favor around it. So the nation shall fear the name of the Lord. Don't you think it's time? For not only nations, but the political leaders in this country to begin to fear the church again. They do not. But here's that. There's a set time coming that just when you walk, have you ever walked and just saw the dust? He's saying that dust is going to be favor on it. Isn't that awesome? That dust is going to what? And all the kings of the earth, your glory. For the Lord shall build up the church. Don't the Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is he saying? I'm going to build me a glorious church before I come. Mm, I'm going to shut myself happy. Pastor, yes. I've got another translation of that. Oh, hold on, hold on. Prophetic promises. What's been prophesied? Prophesied. You think on Acts chapter 2 they saw something? They did. But I personally, with what I've seen in the scriptures, this generation is going to see more than what they saw in Acts chapter 2. With what I'm seeing from the Word, with what I've been studying, I think this generation is going to see more than what they saw in Acts chapter 2. The favor means to, to surprise, to wish success, to befriend, to encourage, to favor the cause of a party. God is going to put favor on His church again. He's going to put favor on you. You no longer are going to have to sit back and be ashamed of who you are. You're going to begin to walk up with your chest out and your shoulder back. He's about ready to let His glory and His favor to begin to engulf this planet. Again, they're not going to be in every church. Every church don't want this. These are for the churches that are praying. These are the churches that are worshiping. These are the churches that want that intimate relationship with the King. This is what I'm talking about. This is it. This is what God desires to do in all of our lives. See, you've got to begin to confess the favor of God. Favor to be manifest in the church like never before. Acknowledging the favor of God in the little things, and He will manifest Himself in the big things. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in statute and in favor with God and man. So if Jesus increased in favor with God, and also with people. Don't you think that you can increase in favor with people? But here it says he was gaining, he had wisdom. See, what I'm talking about, don't just come because you pray, and that's a big part of what, how it comes, but it comes because you gain wisdom. You begin to see that it's God's desire to bless his people. Turn your Bibles. Let me show you something here. Turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. 
Joshua chapter 24. That's the last book in Joshua, right before Judges. Joshua chapter 24. Is this okay this morning? Joshua chapter 24. There's so much here to read. Oh, I want to read this. Let me find this real quick. Shout when you're there. Well, we got one. Anybody else? Well, you find that. Let me read, let me read Psalms 102, verse 18. Listen to this. This will be written for the generations to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. What? What I just read to you. This will be written for the generations to come. Not for that previous generation. For us. That the people yet to be created may praise the Lord. What? That He's going to pour out His Spirit. Not only that, you're going to begin to see the church wake up. You're going to begin to walk in the glory. You're going to begin to walk in the favor. This was said for this generation. In, uh, what did I say? Chapter 24, verse 13. I will give you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you will dwell in them. You eat of the vineyard and the olive groves which you did not plant. Doesn't that kind of show a shift went on here? I'm going to take you into a, a new dawn of your life. You're going to begin to walk in blessings that other people have built up for themselves. Is that what it said? That's not on me. That's what the Word says. And this is talking about the children of Israel. But you're telling me my God's not the same God? You're telling me my God can't do the same thing? He done it once, He'll do it again. There's This whole latter part is so powerful, I don't have time to read it all. But when you get time to read this whole chapter, verse 15, the latter part says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wouldn't that make you want to serve the Lord? So the people answered and said, for it be far from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. See, people need to see there's a God in heaven. And when the children of Israel walked into this, they said, we can't serve nobody else. Look, I can't serve no other God. Look what God's doing for us. Some folk need to see there's a God in heaven and He's still alive. And God wants to use you to manifest that. Yes. People are tired of hearing about God. They want to see God. Now we're not saying Him to show up and walk in front of them. Or for them to even see the hinder parts of Him. We're saying that people need to see God in you. They need to see the favor of God, the glory of God, and the manifestation of God in your life. Looks like that's pretty good right there. Verse 21, And the Lord and the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witness against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourself to serve Him. And they said, We are witness." You all sometimes need to stand up and say, I'm going to believe in a witness to myself. I'm going to believe the Word in spite of everybody else. That's right. I'm going to anchor myself into what the Word says in spite of what everybody else is saying. I will serve Him. I will do what He says. I'm a witness, Father. I declare it. 
That means if you go to court, you've got to testify against yourself. If you're the witness, right? Now, look at this one, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Shout when you're there. Look at verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which you swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you a large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Houses full of good things which you did not fill. I love that. Then it goes on and talks about some more stuff there. But he's going to bring you into a house that you did not build. But not only a house full of not leftovers. They didn't clear out and leave the house and leave behind what they they didn't want. (laughs) It's got good stuff in it. Stuff you'll be proud to take people through and show off. No, is this Bible? Would you say that this is favor? Would you say that this is favor on God's people? Well, if this is favor on God's people, why do you think it's any less today? See, I've been studying the favor of God and I've found out that we have the right to walk in the favor above and beyond what I've ever imagined. We have that right to walk in the favor and the glory of God. I don't have time today because I'm going to close in a few moments, but we'll pick this up next week, but I want you to realize something. Here, you see some things in the Word. We've been showing you exactly what... The word says about you. But we'll see. Before the great exodus from Pharaoh, the Bible says that the children of Israel went in and they began to ask for things from the Egyptians. They didn't steal it. They asked for it. And it says they give it to them. The Bible says they give so much that they spoil them. Everything they wanted, they got. All the gold in the house, all the silver in the house, whatever they wanted, they got. Now, some pastors, and I'm not going to knock it, I'm not going to say it's not true. It could be true. I agree some more with it. They got back wages for all their hard labor. Everything that had been kept back from them, they now had attained. Now, this was before they left Egypt. Don't you think God is going to give some back wages and do some things to the children of God on this generation and our generation before we would leave this planet? I do. I believe that. Because I believe people are going to see there is a church. I believe they're going to see there is the glory and the favor and the manifestation of God. I believe we're going to see signs and wonders. I believe we're going to see people speaking tongues and interpretation tongues. I believe we're going to see prophecy in a higher degree. I believe we're going to see the nine gifts run rampant in the church like never before. I believe that. Because people are going to see there is a church. There's going to be some folks going to have their mail run. Read. But the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He will never embarrass you. 
Some folk may have their mail read more in private. That it's time to get straight. Because God's desires for everyone to get straight. I say that's favor for the children of Israel. And I'm saying favor is about ready to come upon the children of God. The Bible says in the New Testament that I hear their wages crying out. I hear it screaming for them. We're going to look at this next week. I hear it screaming for them. And it's coming. Look, somebody say, you are going to walk in the favor and the glory of God like never before in Jesus' name.